The soldiers all remained in their ranks, steadfastly standing at attention. If their legs hurt, they ignored the pain. If their arms ached, they gave no hint of being in any discomfort. If a fly landed on their nose, they resisted the urge to shoo it away. If their nose itched because a fly landed on their nose, they grinned as best as they could to bear it and did not move. They were disciplined, but they seemed even more circumspect today. Their superior had demanded that every crease in their uniform be perfect and every weapon must glisten in the sun. Today the great General Napoleon would pass through their midst. The commanding officers hid any nerves they were fighting. If they could have, they would have held back every bead of perspiration that beaded down their necks. They would have done nearly anything to please their commander-in-chief. Today was a day to stand out, but not in the wrong way. By lining up properly and adhering to every military protocol, the officers hoped they could advance in their rank. If one of their comrades' regiments failed the test, they could take his position. So quiet ambition seethed through the army as each man, no matter his position, hoped to be the exemplar of the true warrior the general hoped to see. Here came Napoleon, riding on a great steed, inspecting the troops. They remained quiet, disciplined. Then the unthinkable happened. Something spooked Napoleon's horse. The beast writhed and bucked, attempting to dislodge the great General Napoleon. All the officers and soldiers held fast their positions, unsure of what they should do. Should they help him? Should they stand there? Then suddenly out of nowhere, one of the soldiers broke rank and came to the aid of his commander-in-chief. Calm Napoleon's beast of burden. And then, with great respect, he held out the reins to Napoleon, who promptly took them from the low-ranking soldier and simply said, Thank you, Captain. The soldier saw a need and he met it. He advanced when others remained still, stuck to their rituals and their protocols. The story proves that timing really is everything. This soldier might have taken many years to reach the rank of captain, or he may have never reached that rank. Timing made all the difference. The soldier's actions were not rash. They were born out of all the times he had experienced patience through training and discipline and following orders. Like him, we serve our commander. And we do so patiently, and we wait for the opportunity to serve at a higher level. But as we do so, we wait patiently, we trust God, and we trust His timing for the rest of our days. Patience, it really is a virtue. Well, let's hear about it right after this. Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Good day to you, God's Word for Life listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry. I am your host, and you are listening to the God's Word for Life companion podcast. Happy to have you on the podcast today. We are taking a look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. And our episode is called Wisdom Waits. W-A-I-T-S. Something none of us wants to do. Wisdom Waits. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. He, referring to God, hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. There's something about patience that gets the attention of God. Our daily lives are governed by time. Our alarm clocks jolt some of us out of bed. Others desperately slap at the snooze button to get just a few more Z's. 
The early risers sip coffee peacefully while the sleepyheads desperately try to put the coffee in a to-go cup and take off. Appointments. Project deadlines and supervisors who demand those project deadlines be met. They all dictate most of our day. Even when the clock signals the end of the workday, we know we'll have to do all of this all over again the next day. Plus, we have to carve out more time for practices and grocery shopping and meal planning and preparation. At the end of the day, we fall into bed and ask ourselves, where did the time go? Time really does fly, especially as we get older. We try to avoid being late by getting to work in the nick of time. Sometimes we run out of time. Other times we have spare time. Time and time again, we realize we need to make more time for God, for family, for friends. Yet we still have to work because time is money. We can waste time. We can kill time. We have a whale of a time or we have a hard time. When we have a hard time, we hope the saying is true that time heals all wounds. In the end, we know that only time will tell. Hopefully we'll figure out this time thing before we cannot turn back the hands of time, no matter how hard we try. Sometime we'll all be out of time and we'll be faced with eternity. Here's a question about time. How good are you at managing your time with God? And what can you do to improve? The preacher in Ecclesiastes wrote, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. God ordered the times and the seasons for us. Since God is eternal, He is timeless, and time did not exist at the beginning of creation. The Almighty was everlasting. He's not governed by time. Time didn't need to exist for God. In fact, for the first three days of creation, there really wasn't such a thing as time. Then on the fourth day, the Lord created the sun as the greater light to rule the day and the moon as the lesser to rule the night. And these lights allowed there to be signs and seasons and days and years. God didn't need time. We did. Despite being governed by time, we often fail to manage it as well as we should. And some people succeed and some people fall. Some people succeed in the natural world, but they fall spiritually. They neglect eternal things. That's why the psalmist wrote, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Psalm 90, verse 12. What steps can we take to manage some of these lifetime goals, especially as they relate to how we manage our time? Wisdom helps us differentiate between various seasons in our lives and patiently wait for the right one. The preacher detailed a number of seasons in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting with a big picture of a time to be born and a time to die. Along our journey on this earth, we must plant at the proper time and patiently wait for the harvest time. Sometimes we feel desperate for the produce our labors will bring, but God often allows His blessings to cultivate a bit longer, to reward us a bit greater. During times of struggle in our lives, we need time to heal. When things are broken down, we need time to mourn and give ourselves time to recover. But we must also realize we will build up again and we will dance again and we will rejoice again in the wonder-working power of God's restoration. Throughout all these seasons, the cycle of life just continues. Sometimes we have great prosperity in a time of getting and, and then life becomes difficult and we experience loss, a season of loss. We might be tempted to tear our garments in times of loss and mourning, but in due time, we must pull ourselves together with the help of the Lord, with the help of family and friends, and realize it is a time to sew things back together. We must willingly make the commitment to follow God's plan and His will for all of our lives. Whether we think our timing is off or that God has forgotten about us, we must willingly commit to follow God's plan. 
We revel in the happy seasons of life, but we can't escape the negative ones and the sad seasons that affect all of us. And they may not be completely bad. Times of mourning are also times of remembrance. We feel sad when we lose loved ones, but we cherish the special moments we had with them, and we chronicle those moments with other family and friends. We must also realize difficult and different seasons of life are more easily recognized than others. On many occasions, we'll feel in tune with the plan and the will of God, and in those wonderful times, everything just seems to click. Everything seems to work in perfect harmony. And yet at other times, we find ourselves struggling to discern the will and the plan of God. Perhaps you've been there. All of us, I trust, have. We should always examine ourselves to ensure we're following God to the best of our ability. But we must also realize we all face times when God has chosen to be silent. And those seasons may be a test of our faithfulness. And so we continue serving God with all our might, waiting for that glorious time when, once again, He will speak a word into our lives. I just want to be very transparent with you. This is not in the lesson, but this is in my own life. Even today, I was praying during my devotion, God, I want to hear your voice again. It's been a while since I've just heard you speak to me, and I want to hear what you have to say again. Those seasons of hearing the voice of God are powerful and wonderful, and the seasons of hearing nothing but supposed silence, those are difficult and testing But in both times, God is there. I want you to think about a time God appeared to be silent. How did you make it through to hear his voice again? In fact, don't let that just be a question you answer here in this lesson, but I would like to hear from you because I believe what you have done during those times of silence waiting to hear the voice of God again could inspire me, could inspire others. And we're going to try to work on a God's Word for Life Facebook page where you can share your answers and your comments and your thoughts about God's Word for Life. But at least until then, share them with me. Your host, you can find me at lj.harry on Facebook, facebook.com slash lj.harry. Just send me a direct message and let me know what you have done in those times of silence to hear the voice of God again. I really believe that will be helpful for all of us. We can't underestimate the importance and the value of time. The saying timing is everything. It illustrates this and it governs our universe, our daily lives. Even it gets us all the way to eternity. But we must appreciate God's timing and walk in it. It's successful to living a Christian life. We might feel a strong desire to step out and embrace our calling or specific ministry opportunity because we want to get out there and do something for God. And yet God and our leaders are telling us They appreciate our zeal, but the timing, it just may not be right. Maybe we need to cultivate our gifts and exercise a fair amount of patience. In fact, many Christians have talked about their initial disappointment at not being able to participate in some particular ministry at a certain time because they were encouraged and advised to wait. And yet later on, God opened that very right door for them in His right timing. As they say, hindsight really is. 2020, and sorry for saying 2020 after 2020. Often these Christians, they tell of realizing how really unprepared they were until God gave them the season to learn more and enhance and cultivate those gifts. When we think about right timing in the Christian life, we look to Jesus. He is our example. Many may have thought he should have begun his ministry at 12 years old when he was answering and stumping teachers in the temple. And yet others may have thought 18 or 21, that'd be a good ripe age for him to start. Yet Jesus patiently waited until his 30s 
for the right time. In fact, he even came to earth with perfect timing. Here's another question. Why do you think God sometimes seems to delay things in our lives? Galatians 4 verse 4 tells us the importance of timing. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. A great deal of history had to occur before the fullness of time could be reached and God could send forth his son at just the right time. A look at history reveals a good place to start watching God's clock in 586 BC when the temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. A situation looked grim. King Nebuchadnezzar exiled many of the Jews to Babylon where they surprisingly prospered. But they needed to be back in their land to prepare for their Messiah. And so the Persians defeated the Babylonians, allowing the Jews to return to their homeland. They not only supported the Jewish effort to rebuild the temple, but they created roads and infrastructure that would later prove absolutely critical to spreading the gospel. Then Alexander the Great conquered the Persians. This once-in-a-lifetime leader expanded the empire and spread Greek culture and language all through the world. And now the New Testament would be written in Koine Greek. The Romans eventually became the superpower and they added even more roads and more territories. They even went into Europe as far as Great Britain, where many years later King James would have the entire Bible translated into English. The Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans all had to arise at the right time to pave the way for the Christ. They created the right time and place for Jesus to be born in a manger in Bethlehem when biblical prophecy was fulfilled through the decree of a Roman governor. This little history lesson about timing and the power of God should help us the next time we feel like we're running out of time. We should be patient and show some endurance. Because, my friends, when we do run out of time, we will step into eternity. Heaven awaits in the next life, but there is a great harvest coming in this life, which is why we continue to labor and be patient to achieve everything God has for us in due season, in His time. The nurturing aspects of being in the right place allow for solid growth. At the right season, the righteous will produce fruit. and We are known by the fruits we bear. That's why we must be patient and be diligent. In Galatians 6 verse 9, Paul warned us not to lose heart as we should not become weary in well-doing, because in due season we will reap if we faint not. Far too many people have run the race only to stop at the very last turn, allowing spiritual exhaustion to overcome them and take them out of the race. If only they had rounded the last bend, they would have seen the finish line in sight, and they would have finished strong. Sadly, some failed to even begin the race. In Acts 24, Paul witnessed to Felix convincingly, persuasively, and unfortunately, verse 25 tells of Paul's strong pull for Felix's soul and the governor's sad response. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Felix's story is a cautionary tale about missing out on God's timing. For those who have yet to repent, to be baptized in the precious name of Jesus, and to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the initial sign of speaking with other tongues. Today is the day of salvation. There is no time to delay. As we follow God's plan of salvation, we must patiently trust God's timing for our lives. We might want to jump into ministry, but we must trust God's perfect timing. Certainly, we can share our faith with our friends and share our testimony with them and witness and invite them to come worship Jesus with us, with our church family. But we need time to grow in grace and in knowledge of the Word of God before we move into certain areas of ministry. 
the more we grow, the more able we will be to enter those new areas. If you've served God for a while, you've learned the importance of God's timing. And your walk with God likely includes stories of being impatient and almost missing the will of God because we have crucified our flesh and we have trusted in God's wonderful and perfect timing. The Almighty has done a wonderful work in our lives. We must follow the examples of patience and love and confidence in the Lord to orchestrate every season of life for us because only His timing is the right timing. One final question. How can we be more intentional about accepting God's timing in our lives? Okay, let's wrap this up. He dragged himself out of bed before dawn, grabbed his gloves and pails, and headed to work. A kind neighbor had seen his plight and allowed him to earn some much-needed money in a blackberry patch after being laid off from a solid-paying job in the coal mines. The early waking hours required him to override a body clock that was used to working second shift. Only a few months earlier, he'd been going to bed closer to the time he now awoke to drive to his new job. He parked the car and began the long walk down to the blackberry patch, careful to watch out for snakes or other varmints that might slow down or totally derail his progress. He breathed in the dew, riding on the morning air, knowing that the heat and humidity would soon make the day unbearable. In the scant amount of daylight, he weaved around each branch, gathering handfuls of tasty berries while attempting to avoid the treacherous thorns that tried to latch onto his fingers. This was difficult work, but the rewards were great. Blackberry cobbler, blackberry jam, maybe even a little money to help out the family. Picking the blackberries served as a metaphor for his life. He had tasted the sweetness life had to offer. He had a good wife and two young children, but the thorns of being laid off, those hurt. They hurt his pride. He was used to working. He appreciated those who helped his family by providing clothes and food and a love offering, but he really did want to make it on his own. As he picked and picked some more, he wondered what the future held for his family. His thoughts offered possibilities, but really no clear answers. Thankfully, his task helped him feel better because he was finally doing something positive again. Eventually, the son did make the process unbearable, and he gathered his bounty of blackberries to return to the car. And as he walked, he felt the Lord telling him to patiently trust in his timing. The present seemed bleak in the future, highly uncertain, but just as God sent these blackberries at this particular season in his life, he would send other blessings. The family would weather the storm of joblessness. They would remain faithful to God, not only paying the tithe on the meager earnings from the blackberries, but also using some of the money to send the kids to church camp. That decision would yield a great harvest in the future as the oldest son accepted the call of God to give his life to ministry. And later, one of his granddaughters followed suit. Faithfulness and the tough times yielded a great reward in the future. He was faithful, and he was thankful he had trusted in God's timing, even when God's timing did not make sense. And maybe you've been there, and so this is a great time for us to pray for discernment to know God's timing in our lives, and then for the grace to trust God's timing in our lives. Would you pray for that with me right now? Lord Jesus, we trust you. You know what is best. You know what is right. You know when it's right. You know when it's best. I ask you tonight to please help us. Give us discernment to know your timing. Help us not to rush ahead of you. Help us not to try to get in a hurry or be impatient. But help us, Lord, to look to you for, for your timing, your perfect timing, and help us to trust it. Jesus, I pray your will will be done in our lives, and I pray your will will be done in your time in our lives. We love you. 
We praise you. We trust you. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Thanks so much, God's Word for Life listeners. Click subscribe or click share, and you don't have to wait one more meager minute. Go ahead and do that right now. That is the right time to subscribe and share this podcast with others so they can be blessed by it as well. Hey, I want to congratulate all of our podcast listeners and episode. We have just crossed over the 100,000 episode download threshold. Congratulations. (sighs) You can hear the crowd. They are going quite crazy. Thank you so much for listening to God's Word for Life and for sharing it with others so they can be blessed by it as well. I'm so happy to have you as a part of our listening family. Keep those episodes downloaded and keep those shares going out. Next week, we wrap up this wisely written series called Choosing Wisdom, and our episode will be entitled Wisdom's Warning from Ecclesiastes 12, verse 14. Sounds a little bit ominous, but it's a good word from the Lord And I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week. And always look forward to learning and living out God's word for life. And for all you sweet folks in these United States, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.